Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's Scout Fantasy Sports. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Rowan is here in our new time slot. You can now catch us live weekdays, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern. Dr. Order will be with me for the first hour most of the time. He is not here today. Of course, check me out, ScoutFantasySports.com. We're helping you get set for fantasy baseball, in-depth team outlooks from Sean Childs, as well as articles for me today. I have a look at the Astros signing Michael Brantley and what it means for his fantasy value. Talking some more football, and who better to do that than Bill Enright, FFChamps.com. Bill, what's up? What's going on, Adam? Hope you enjoyed the AFC NFC Championships. Yeah, look, it was a good weekend of football. I thought most of the playoffs so far, the first couple weeks, have not been great. It, it projected to be, and I just felt like it was a little underwhelming. But I think yesterday more than made up for it. Yeah, there was a lot of drama, a lot of, um, you know, two, four really good teams going uh, back and forth with each other and a lot of close games. And even if you didn't have a rooting interest, I think the magic of the NFL, and if you're a football fan, kind of pulls you in and you're on the edge of your seat for a lot of these games, especially since, you know, both of them went into overtime for the first time in history. Yeah, I wish I would have uh, seen what the parlay paid out for that. If you could have taken both games going to overtime, I'm sure you could have won some nice money. Should have looked into that beforehand. But I, look, here's the thing is, I thought both games were going to be pretty close this weekend, which is why I didn't bet on either game because I just didn't have a strong feeling on either. And it played out that way. Uh Lucky for you, bad luck for me, because I did bet on this weekend's games. Um, I bet after, right after the uh, Saints lost to the Cowboys, I bet for the uh, on Thursday Night Football, I bet the Saints to win the Super Bowl. And I got really good odds on that. And then I before the playoffs started, you know, heading into week seven, before Wild Card Weekend, I bet the Pats and the Saints to win the AFC and NFC Championships. And then I bet it again to, as that as uh, being the Super Bowl matchup. So, even before heading into this weekend, I had a lot of money riding onto the Saints. I did not touch that game at all, uh, other than the over/under. I missed out on the over. I thought for sure. I mean, forty-five, thirty-five. The last two times, last time these teams played, I thought for sure it was going to go over. Um, I ended up pushing for the day because I took the Patriots on the money line, and that hit. But I lost so much money on the Saints not representing the NFC in the Super Bowl. I got fifty percent of my Super Bowl matchup right, but but who cares? I mean. You you have to win the whole bet on on you have to have both teams on those kind of bets and I'm just I'm still a little shocked that the Saints are not going to be playing the Pats in the Super Bowl. Well, I agree with you. I did think for most of the season the Saints were going to go to the Super Bowl, and I did before the playoffs pick them to go to the Super Bowl. And my one playoff draft that I did, I went Saints heavy. So it does hurt uh, for sure. Uh, so I'm I'm with you on that. I thought they would go too and. Obviously, everyone's talking about the non-pass interference call, and I think it's pretty clear-cut. But what was your uh, evaluation of that play with Nikel Roby Coleman not being called for pass interference with Tommy Lee Lewis? 
I think I don't want to jump ahead because I'm sure you'll bring it up, but I, I think we saw two of the worst calls uh, of all of the entire NFL season yesterday with the pass interference and the roughing the passer on Tom Brady. Both of them were just it, it's embarrassing. It really is embarrassing if you think about it that, that the league is going to allow their officials to be on the field and not call these kind of penalties. You have to stay consistent each and every week, each and every game, each and every play. And that is just the only consistent thing is their inconsistency for the for the referees this year. They're really it's just really bad, and it's, and it's unfortunate that 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 we're here talking about the refs instead of you know, oh wow you know Jared Goff's last second play to Brandon Cooks in the first half that got him down to the five yard line and Todd Gurley got in to you know to close the gap a little bit heading into the first half. But instead we're we're here talking about the refs, which. You know, we have to do it because that's what everyone's talking about. Those were like, why, why, why are the refs the, the lead on SportsCenter or, or or on you know the the radio that we're doing right now? Like that that's embarrassing for the NFL. It just is. Yeah, that's the one thing we don't want to do. That we hate it. We don't want the refs to be the story. But unfortunately, that was such a big call in a crucial spot where we know if it was called correctly. The chances are extremely high. The Saints win this game. They have the ball first and goal inside the 10. They dwindle down the clock. Someone was telling me, well, it's not a lock for a field goal, Cody Parkey. I'm like, that's completely different. It's a 43-yard field goal outside in the cold compared to one of the best kickers in the NFL indoors, a chip shot, an extra point. So, yes, is yep. guaranteed he makes it? No. But I think what we all think it's a high percentage. But even with all that said, didn't the Saints have opportunities after that to win this game, and they didn't take advantage? A hundred percent, and that's the that's the part that you know they won the coin toss in overtime, and in the Chiefs wish they won the coin toss in overtime because they never had the opportunity to get the ball. The, the Saints won the coin toss in overtime, and uh, the Rams defense came to play and put some pressure on Drew Brees, forced and an, uh, you know a, a bad pass that got intercepted and. And sure, yeah, the Saints had plenty of opportunities, and and they allowed the Rams to march down the field not only in overtime but at the end of regulation as well. After they ended up settling for that field goal, but sure, the Saints absolutely had a lot of opportunities to win that game. Um, they were up, what, what was it, thirteen nothing in the first half, and then you know if you, again back to that Brandon Cooks play that I, I mentioned earlier, that's a big play, and that's 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 Jared Goff saying, okay, you know what, I'm going to play with the big boys, I'm going to go head to head. With, with Drew Brees or, you know, now in the Super Bowl and t- with Tom Brady. And I'm going to show these guys what I'm capable of. I think he's been getting slammed for uh, letting the pressure get to him on defense, let defensive pressure get to him and, and how he gets rattled. But you know what? He really hung in there toward the end of the first half, delivered a great ball to Brandon Cooks, another, you know, an amazing play call by Sean McVay. And then the, same, and then the Rams ended up scoring a, uh, a touchdown to, to, to go down 13-10 in, heading into the second half. So, absolutely, the Saints had the game wrapped up in the first quarter if they just continued to play like that. But they got outcoached from, from you know, that last drive of the Rams in the, in the first half all the way through the third, fourth, and even overtime. It's so true. The Saints had an opportunity to build a bigger lead, put the foot on the throat of the Rams. They struggled in the red zone in that first quarter. That interception – off the hands of Gurley, I mean, I was like, wow, if they could have converted a touchdown there. Yep. So, so the Saints had plenty of chances in this game, and unfortunately we're obviously, and, and they're going to focus on the penalty, and bad calls happen. It's just the timing of it makes it something that we're going to highlight. But I still feel when you kind of evaluate the whole game, Saints had numerous opportunities, whether to stop the Rams offensively 
or to add more points to the scoreboard, and they just didn't. I mean, think about this. This team, they couldn't run the football. They averaged 2.3 yards per carry, 21 carries, 48 yards for the Saints on the ground. Let, let me ask you a question, Adam, and this is kind of unconventional, not at all popular, and people may laugh. Do the Saints lack offensive weapons? I said it earlier. They really do. When you break this team down, it's Kamara. Okay, Ingram, I think he's good. He didn't have a great Fine. game yesterday. Well, I'll give you, we'll give you Ingram. And Michael Thomas, that's it. Like, Ted that's Ginn. It. Yeah, I mean, Ginn is inconsistent, drops passes. Where's the other? I, I, you know, I wrote about Traquan Smith on the site before the year th- saying, hey, he's a guy to take late. He had a couple big games, but he's still a rookie. It didn't work out. No tight end. They really don't when you look at it. You know, we praise the Saints offense. They really don't have a lot of weapons when you break it down. Here, remember, listen, I mean, Taysom Hill caught the touchdown pass yesterday. This is a team, and I think, don't, I think people forget this because the regular season seems like it's ages ago. It was only a couple months ago. They for, the, Saints, the Saints went out and signed Des Bryant. They went yeah. out and signed Brandon Marshall. They knew they needed wide receivers. They knew they needed playmakers, and they, they tried to go get them through veterans in free agency. And in the Des Bryant situation, didn't work out. But they struggle in the red zone because they don't have a legit red zone option other than Michael Thomas. I'm sorry, just Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas are not good enough. And, and you know, Mark, Mark Ingram, let's, you know, in fantasy terms, let's, let's call him a flex. That, that, that's not good enough in today's NFL. When you look at the Rams and what they did, it, it's just they have guys that can beat you on every level. And, and the Saints have two guys. And if you shut down those two guys, it, it, we, it's a 23-point game. Yeah, they did a really good job taking Michael Thomas out. I mean, his over-under for yards was 98, uh, and he didn't even come close to that. Four for 36 on seven targets, uh, and that's exactly what they needed. And you know what? They said, all right, we'll let Kamara have those short passes. And obviously for fantasy purposes and DFS, he came through with 11 for 96, 